Joining us in our studios is uh, Northfield's Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's my pleasure, Jeff. What a beautiful morning on Division Street here. Yeah, yeah we're kind of struggling to get to, uh, to. I'm struggling to get everything together here. I think we're all set there now. Well, if people saw what you did to run this, they, they'd be like, you deserve to be able to take that little break there. They would say, Johnson, get your stuff together over there. <laughs> I think uh, people are more gracious than that, Jeff. You uh, last night had a school board meeting. We did. With the uh, school board and a number of things we're going to talk about uh, today. Let's start off with uh, some good news, though. The Community Education Department uh, picked up a nice award last night. Yeah, they did. And so um, the um, Minnesota Community Education Association, uh, on an annual basis, uh, presents what they call regional project awards. And these are awards that highlight innovative practice um, and things that are just, you know, groups that are just doing good things for kids in the area of community education. Northfield Public Schools has been blessed many times under the leadership of Aaron Bailey and prior to her, Hannah Puchko, uh, to receive this award for various projects over the years. And they won another one last night. And uh, it's really exciting. It's for our early childhood family education outdoor classroom. And so we know that um, connecting kids with nature is an important piece. And anytime we can use outdoors, that's wonderful. So if you're driving by the Community Education Center, it's the former uh, Greenville Park School, you're going to see a small fenced-in area just uh, outside the building um, on the side by the soccer field. And uh, that's the CFE outdoor classroom. And so this is a place where our early childhood family educators, and for listeners who don't know what ECFE is, it's really parent and child together. So parents uh, have a chance to interact and uh, talk about parenting topics with a licensed parent educator, and their children have an opportunity to engage in play uh, and to learn some of those uh, fundamentals that will help them be ready for kindergarten. And as a former elementary school uh, principal where we had our preschool in my building, um, something that we know is that play is children's work. And so it's a really cool outdoor classroom. Uh, it's a, some great examples of the district's commitment to stewardship. So, for example, if you drive by there, you'll see these old seats that are just perched atop uh, of a of a um, a beam, a wooden beam. And uh, what Flavia Berg and um, and our other uh, folks from ECFE t shared us last night with us last night that. Sometimes that's a spaceship, you know, taking young children on an interstellar mm -hmm. adventure. Other days, it's a race car. Uh, some other times, it's a, a boat or a ship. There's actually also a boat, actually, as part of the outdoor <laughs> classroom. And so when you are, we're talking about young children under the age of five, you know, and we're talking about, you know, these young children, imagination and play and helping them uh, develop those things is so essential to helping them be ready for school. So again, congratulations to um, Aaron Bailey and the entire community education department on winning this uh, prestigious award. And uh, I've got some information I'll share with Rich that he can uh, put on the website. All right. Uh, good story there. And that uh, you got some other good news last night, yeah. a donation, a nice donation. Yeah, so we're very pleased. Uh, Dakota County Electrical Cooperative, so a, a small portion of the Northfield School District is served by the Dakota County electrical cooperative and uh, they on a, a regular basis provide donations to schools and so we learned on friday that dakota county electrical cooperative will be providing norfield school district with a six thousand dollar donation and we're going to be using that donation to continue to update our equipment in our technology education area at Northfield High School. Technology education is the uh, new name for industrial technology, or what a lot of people would think of as shop classes. Mm -hmm. And so we uh, made some major investments uh, this past uh, year, or coming into this year, in some new and updated equipment for that department. 
We know that career technical education is essential and having some of the latest equipment for our students to use and learn on as they for those students who are going to enter the workforce or who are looking at a career that uh, they might get some further training beyond high school. Having updated equipment is important. The district invested uh, a significant amount of money in new equipment uh, for the ne- for next school year. And the six thousand dollars will be uh, used to continue to update equipment that is on our tech ed teachers list so uh, thanks to Andy Richardson and to Steve Taggart at the high school. They're working on what they're going to use to purchase, what they're going to update, and we're very thankful to, to Dakota County Electrical Cooperative for that. The big thing that you talked about last night as far as uh, the public's attention will probably be the facilities task force. Um, we've, uh, I'm going to get to a, that in just a couple of minutes. We have a couple other uh, smaller things, but still important things to get to, but I want to leave some time for that. Uh, let's talk about uh, activity fees. Those were set for next year, or at least a voted uh, yes, voted they, on? Yeah, they, they ended up being voted on. They were originally on our items for uh, discussion and reports. So you might recall that when we uh, did the budget prioritization process, part of that plan that the board adopted in $4.5 million of budget adjustments included raising activity fees to achieve about $50,000 in additional revenue. And so uh, as we discussed this last night, uh, we're looking at a 14% uh, increase across the board for activity fees in general. We haven't made an activity fee increase since around 2012. So it's been about a decade or so, 2011, 2012, a little more than a decade that we've made uh, adjustments to that. So it's a 14% increase across the board for activity fees. Of course, students who qualify for a free lunch or reduced lunch uh, get a discount. And so that's applied when they uh, make application or they pay their um, activity fee. And uh, the so basically what that means is for your average high school activity, that's a $24 increase at the high school. And for a middle school activity, it's about $11. There's a few other items that go with that. And obviously, um, we only have one meeting in July. This was something that the board had discussed as part of the budget prioritization. So they did move it uh, to the items for individual action and approve those activity fee increases last night. Sticking with the financial part, you, you've just gone through, as you had mentioned, uh, the uh, the task force has gone through uh, f- and uh, recommended some changes in the upcoming future. You also got a financial forecast. Now, I'm, is, I'm presuming, is that for the next 12 months? How long is that for? So we did what uh, Director of fi- uh, Finance Val Murdestorff called an interim uh, financial forecast. Mm-hmm. Um, people who listen to this show regularly say, What's Matt giving a financial forecast in July for? That's not normal, and and people would be right. We normally provide our financial forecast in January. Uh, as you know, we worked incredibly hard, over 70 members of our community, including staff and students and families and people without children in the school district, came together to recommend about $4.5 million worth of budget adjustments um, due to declining enrollment and chronic state underfunding. The, uh, as we get the books closer to being done for the 21-22 school year. It takes a few months, actually, to get all of that kind of stuff wrapped up. But uh, Val Murdestorff, our director of finance, felt it was important, based on the numbers she was seeing at the end of the school year, to provide this interim financial forecast. And there's really a couple of things that she really wanted to make sure that people knew, is that, um, number one, our declining enrollment is a little faster than what we had originally anticipated. And so really what it is is we are seeing – Um, a larger departure of seniors and far fewer kindergartners coming into the system. And so that's really where the, the, um, the, the declining enrollment is accelerating is just as we look at the projections, we're just seeing 
you know, a greater number of students graduate than kindergarten earners coming in. We typically have made up that gap with open enrollment. We're seeing open enrollment still strong, but not quite as robust as it's been. So our declining enrollment is accelerating just a little bit faster than we had initially anticipated. And that really can have a major impact on our financial outlook. And then everyone who's listening knows that um, that it, that the inflation piece is real. And we'll just usher two pieces of data. Val updated that in this past fiscal year, we spent a full $200,000 more going from around 174000 to around $371,000, $2,000 in natural gas alone. So the school district paid almost $200,000 more in this last school year than it did the year before in terms of natural gas uh, use. And so that's an important part. And then uh, our transportation contract, great local contractor with Benjamin Bus, we have a, a very reasonable fuel escalation clause, which mean, ca- uh, clause in the contract, which means uh, Benjamin Bus pays for all of the fuel up to two dollars and seventy-five cents a gallon. And you know, I think that was a, a really reasonable number uh, before several months ago. And so, in the month of May alone, uh, the district paid an additional twelve thousand dollars for fuel to run our buses. And so, those are just a couple of examples. So that does impact our financial forecast, and we'll still make our budget target, our 14% reserve target for next year. But depending on what the legislature does and some other things, that could be more precarious in the following years. Superintendent Hillman is with us uh, from the Northfield Public School uh, System. Uh, you had last night uh, the big thing, we've talked about this a couple of times, is the uh, facility task force that you had for the high school you had assembled. You got the results in from uh, uh, their work um, a few weeks back. We've talked about that, but they talked a lot more about that this year. We had mentioned the possibility of uh, a referendum this fall. Uh, did you move in that direction or in any particular direction last night? So I'll, I'll uh, start with that we're going to have a special meeting on August 1st at 6 p.m. in the district office boardroom uh, to make a decision about what we are planning to do if the, for the, this fall, if there is going to be anything on the ballot or not. And I would characterize that the board had uh, an outstanding and robust discussion about the future of the Northfield High School facility. And I think just like the rest of the community, there's there's a lot of really good insight on the pathway forward and a variety of different opinions and potential solutions. So, you know, we received information from the task force that that task force solely looked at uh, renovating the existing facility. And so we had discussion, you know, ranging from really uh, intense thought about, we know that there needs to be work done. Is this November the time, you know, to do that? Uh, There's a lot of volatility uh, in folks' lives. So there's just that really uh, cognizance of the of the time that we're in reading the room, so to speak. There's also this understanding, this this sense of urgency around, you know, taking care of the next layer of improvements that need to happen for the infrastructure. So we have taken care of our facilities. Anyone who's listening knows that we have taken really good care of our facilities. Um, we do so by making sure that we invest in them at strategic points. So the high school is strategic. You know, it's uh, structurally sound. We also know it's a, a building that was built in the late 60s, uh, and we're trying to use it to uh, educate uh, students going into the 21st and, and even talking about the 22nd century not too long from now. And so really this discussion about what's the right way to move forward, and there's just some really thoughtful and robust discussion about what the right pathway forward is. And I think that we got to a point last night where our administrative team is able to give the board a menu of options ranging from 
you know, nothing on the ballot for a, from a facilities perspective uh, in November and, and com- kind of coming back and thinking about um, a different timing or a different path, uh, you know, to some kind of question in November that could be as minimal as uh, just simply updating some of those internal systems, those maintenance kind of components, you know, all the way through uh, there was discussion about giving the community really a menu of different uh, questions for them to be able to determine what kind of amenities you know, beyond just that structural uh, updates that they would want for the community. So really good discussion. I, I really i am um, so thankful for our school board. They really understand governance. They really plug into the community and understand and try to understand different perspectives. And there was a range of perspectives on what to do, you know, with the high school facility. Um, and as you as you might imagine, there's a lot of strong opinions about what the right pathway forward is. So our board are, are such good stewards for the community. They listen, um, they synthesize all the information, they ask clarifying questions of others' perspectives, and at the end of the day, they bring it to what is the right thing to do to move forward. So uh, the bottom line, Jeff, is there was a lot of discussion, some really good, robust discussion about what the right next steps are, ranging from, is this the time to be even asking for anything, you know, to um, we we need to do something, and and is is November the time? So it's just we're going to bring this to a conclusion on August first, one way or the other. Um, but I'm so proud of this board and the way that they represent the community on important topics like this. Fast forwarding, and uh, in the scenario that they decide, let's not put anything on this year. The economy has been kind of upside down. We've heard about inflation within the building cost. Maybe next year will be a little bit better. Uh, Will the information that you found, that's not really going to go bad, is it? To go sour from uh, what the task force has presented? No, and I think there's several options should we choose that pathway, Jeff. One would be to reconvene the task force and take the feedback that the board uh, has and have them further develop the menu of options that they had uh, reviewed. Um, Again, they were solely reviewing, you know, what a renovation of a building would be. They did not discuss you know, new or ad, uh, additional substantial renovations, the only, or excuse me, substantial additions. They did talk about the field house, right? We talked about that because we do need some additional activity space, but didn't go really beyond that. So the task force could be reconvened. Uh, the board could continue to work toward what a facilities plan would look like in terms of uh, creating the plan and then determining, you know, what is the election date that they would move forward. So there's there's a number of different ways that most of that report is not as you to use your words go sour the maintenance is the maintenance right and we'll keep taking care of the annual maintenance that we are able to just to be transparent there are some of those maintenance pieces uh, that are not dire right now but they are in the next several years and they are higher ticket items that that would prompt us to need some additional funding in some way shape or form to be able to accomplish them things like the hvac system things like the windows if we're to continue to uh, go down the road of, of using the existing building those are items that our regular annual operating capital budget just just can't support um, you would need to bond for those and in most and most likely you would need to go to the voters to get authority to do that and we talked a little bit about this the last time you were in the capital improvement fund there are some restrictions to what you can do and what you can't do with that. Can you can you explain those to us again? Well, I, w- I would say that um, most of the things that we're talking about for the potential improvements in the infrastructure of the high school would qualify under our operating capital fund. Mm-hmm. Operating capital fund buys things or updates uh, 
buildings, it, generally there's a very small segment of it that can pay for some salaries. But it's mostly, um, if you if you think about it, it's your fund to update your house. You can't use mm-hmm. it to pay for other things. You can only you can only use it for those kinds of things. Again, there's some there's some caveats as there is with all school fi- financing. In general, it's to purchase equipment, update buildings, and things like that. The issue with the things that we're talking about, example, the HVAC system and or the windows, just using those two as an example, because I think if people listening think about replacing their uh, furnace, you know, or they're in their home or they think about replacing their windows in their home, then they know that's something that they need to plan for. They're they're probably just not taking that out of their savings, right? They're planning and they're saving specifically for that. That's the same with the school district. We would not have the ability, the amount of money in our operating capital fund, you know, to be able to pay for an entire overhaul of the HVAC system at one time. There are some other financial tools we could use, um, but it would have to be more piecemeal over time. There are certain things that you can do in phases. There's no problem with that. Um, However, there are things like an HVAC system and even the windows, I would argue, that are really when you do them, you need to do all of them. Mm -hmm. Superintendent Hillman is with us. We're about out of time. Anything else you'd like to mention while we have you in? No, I just I really appreciate uh, the board's discussion about this. uh, And I encourage the community, if you if you have thoughts on this, uh, one of the things that uh, a couple of board members said last night is that, you know, we just haven't heard, you know, really strong opinions from the community on this. And as you know, we've been talking about it with you for quite some time. Uh, Some other local media outlets have published stories on it. And you know, so we're just we're really if, if people in the community have uh, their opinion, please feel free to send a message to me. Um, I'd be happy to share that with the board of just if you have some feedback that you'd like them to hear as they're deliberating what the next steps are. All right. Superintendent Hilbin, thank you so much for joining us. Much appreciated. Uh, enjoy the rest of your vacation. Your yes. vacation starts now. So it thanks for coming now. in. Yes. <laughs> thanks for coming in. We'll talk to you uh, later on in the month. And thanks to you and KYM and Jeff. You guys are just doing a great job informing the community. We appreciate that. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman.